Walking Circle Studio. So I'm over there at 7 a.m. getting a report from a nurse. And she's like, I have a patient in the 610 and I think I should get the abdomen pen. And I look at her I'm like, what? She got the abdomen pen. I go, what? And she points to her stomach. Abdomen pen. I go, oh, abdomen pain. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. And I go, what? And she goes, I think she got kidney stone. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? She goes, kidney, you know, here. And she points the two flanks. Kidney stone. I go, oh, kidney stone. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. You don't like understand. charades you guys yeah, are playing. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't know they put A's in the middle of kidneys in China. Oh, it was all oh, bad. Damn. <laughs> Welcome to Terminally Unique Podcast. This is Diva. And this is Dean. And here we are again. Yep, yep. I left Lucas in Hawaii. Uh, Actually, they, it, it said Hawaii. I don't think he would mind being stranded over there or being know, left over there. I know. I wouldn't mind. It was, yeah. How yeah. was your trip? It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, banter Yeah, about there it. was Let's there go. was uh, there was a proposal. <gasps> and then Ooh. what happened? And there was a yes also. Obviously, so the video is all over. It's all over the internet. <laughs> I, I may put it on the Terminally Unique podcast if you guys want to see it. I am it. the publicist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, For it was sure. great. It was great. We, we, did, we, we did snorkeling. I got hit with a, uh, I got hit with a sea, sea urchin oh, in my you? back of my arm. Oh. Yeah, it's still it's still. Do we still have any bruises? Do we have any battle oh, yeah. scars? Oh yeah. Oh, I wish we could put this on the podcast. Maybe we'll take a picture of that yeah. later. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, a lot, lots of snorkeling, lots of uh, you know, closeness and volcano, closeness. Vol- volcano looking. <laughs> you just lie that. I down. just, I, I just had the eruption in my head, you know, and I was like, oh, closeness and eruptions, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. lava. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, such a nice metaphor. Yeah. Oh man, how's everything going with you? Oh, you know, I'm trudging along the road of happy destiny. Yeah. I've seen a lot of um, diseases glaring in my face, but I'm so glad. Like, I'm in the middle of a group of people who support me and love me and yeah. know like what I'm going through, and it'll be all fine. This too shall pass. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're in the middle uh, out of out of out of most of the people that I know. I would say that you're like in the middle of the herd. And, I know, and, and I'm small, so I can't get out. It's harder <laughs> for me to get out, right? Yeah. Like I'm four eleven, so the herd, like everybody. Yeah. You're, and you're dragging people along yeah. with you too, <laughs> yeah, right? so it's it's I'm all good. Stuck in the middle. <laughs> you are, you are. So um, before we go any further, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about our two sponsors. Oh, our want? sponsors. Yeah, which one do you want? Dre. Okay, you talk about Dre. All right, let's uh, say thank you to our sponsor, Dre's Cut. I don't know how to spell it. Can you spell it for me? D R E H underscore cuts, C U T Z. He also goes by Inspector Dre. Oh, yes. And follow him on Instagram and um, grab an appointment to his uh, chair and uh, get some really good talk therapy while you're at it. 
Yeah. And also he has, his Instagram is so funny. He does some funny videos. He? he did this one with this big head thing and it was, it was hilarious. I just saw it yesterday. <laughs> and I know that he's also recording his own podcast, correct? He is through the Talking Circle Talking Studio Circle. Network. That's right. It's Dre Talks. Awesome. So definitely Support you can that. look it up on Spotify, Apple, or any of the big major podcasting Podcast. platforms <laughs> there we go podcasting <laughs> yeah podcasting platforms yeah, that's, right. a platform. that's a platform yeah yeah we kind of we did yeah. we did fine on that one <laughs> we gotta and we gotta sync up on it. and the next sponsor is duckyard coffee house thank you i love you oh my god dude the 16935 van owen street Sweet F in Lake Balboa, California, Sweet aka F. Van Nuys. So that's by me. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So you should be there. You, all you the should time. go there. I'm, I'm, on, I'm there. They are they are open seven through I don't know four or five or something, mm-hmm. uh, and most days of the week. And they have the best coffee in the valley. Awesome. They curate all of their stuff. It's very like small batch organic. Mm. They have the stuff that's not not organic too, but like um, single single origin coffee. They have MCT oils. They have acai bowls. They have paninis. They have all kinds of stuff, and it's such a such a great uh, establishment. And they're very friendly with the recovery community and uh, they definitely support our show and if you go in there and you see julie tell them tell tell her that dean said hi and that we that, that we told you to come in there so mm-hmm. yeah um or or diva or lucas or Get whatever coffee, coffee. join us coffee join <laughs> us. i want to open up a business that says join us <laughs> i think we should <laughs> it's gonna be a sober living call. yeah <laughs> I love that. Anyway, Duckyard Coffee House and Inspector J, please uh, support them because mm-hmm. they support us. Yes. Okay, let's uh, let me uh, let me let you do the, the introductions here today. Oh, I'm introducing this lovely yes, woman over are. here. So our speaker today, um, our speaker. I met her a year ago. A seen year her ago. in a seven a.m. meeting, crying her eyes out, bawling. Balling with frizzy brown hair, and now she sits next to me, fully recovered. Straight blonde hair now. Blonde hair, bright and beautiful, (laughs) and just beaming with positivity. And she is a perfect example of the promises coming into life. And this is Angie B. Hey, Angie. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for that intro. It's so true. I love you. Promises are coming. I like that. They're true. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I named uh, that one meeting that I'm involved in. I was like, let's call it the promises, and everyone's oh, yeah. like, yeah. But I was alone, so that's why I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one under the, the under the tree. Yeah, the yeah. one under the tree. Yeah, yeah that's the. But um, yeah, I you know it's funny. I I think I started going to the seven a.m. probably right after you um right or right after you did and 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 you uh, and I I think the first time I saw you 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 were crying, mm-hmm. and I was like I was like oh man she's really into this. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I cried for about four or five weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. I don't think I went. I probably was one of the, like, your last cries before you stopped because I was waiting the next time for your share. I'm like, oh, here it comes. And I saw it, it start to well up, but no, never. No, I didn't get. I didn't get a tear. I was like, damn. Okay. Anyway, well, after like 40 years of drinking and using, it took four weeks of tears to just wash oh, yeah. it out. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. It's so really um, healing, right? 
She went yeah, there. It was very healing. It was, yeah. it was every day. I was going to 7 a.m. every day. Yeah. Like clockwork. clockwork. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, let's start out with your stats. What is your drug of choice and your sobriety date and et cetera, et cetera? I don't have a drug of choice. Any free drug in front of my face is my choice. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drugs, all of them. Loved them all. I was a little more picky with booze, not exactly, but I like was not into like American typical commercial beers. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. I was like, it'd make my stomach turn. It mm-hmm. tasted like urine to me. I like couldn't do it. Her? I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do I, it. She, she, <laughs> yeah, she looked nauseated when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> she like stepped back a little bit. But I, you know, I mean, I, I would. Um, I guess if I was drunk enough and I could beer bong it and I yeah. wouldn't taste it, I yeah. would do it. But. Beer bong, And what's wow. your sobriety yeah. date? It is one nineteen twenty one. And you just celebrated one year. I did. Yeah. I, did. I had the honor of being there. I love you. It was awesome. I know. I know. And it's like in the last year, like, I, I, that's one of the things in this group. I've just seen so much recovery in this group. And. You know, I get to see you not right from the the day one, but probably in the week, the first month, or at the end of the first yeah. month, and yeah. and it was like, and like from from that month to now, it's like so you, major transformation, super major, transformation. Major. Yeah. major. I mean, everything from the inside and out. I yeah. mean, my whole life has transformed within my mind. My spirituality has opened up a whole new plateau of peace, love, and understanding in my in my world. And my life on the outside, I mean, my life physically changed, like, entirely. It's beautiful, oh. huh? Okay. All right, let's, let's rewind, yeah, right? Yeah, let's get to the, let's get to the good stuff. Oh, my, my, this coffee you made me really good. It's kicking in right <laughs> it's now. It's kicking in. Now let's get the good stuff. Uh, let's, go, let's rewind it to the beginning. Okay. So, where, so the, yeah, where are you from originally? I was born where you just came from, man. Well, Hawaii? I was. I was oh. born in Hawaii. What, what, what island? I was born in Honolulu. Okay, oh, wow. In Tripler Hospital. Okay. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the Navy. Dad is too kind a word. But um, he was a seaman in the Navy. My mom was a teenager. Donated some semen. That's donated it. some semen oh, to my life. Oh, God, he that was, was the, I felt the joke coming, me. guys. Yeah. <laughs> I could feel it with you two in the room. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he left when I was about a year old. So it was... Uh, I think they did it in the bushes on the beach behind a palm tree somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. It was like a passion. Like you guys just did last week. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Amanda, I didn't say anything. Why'd you say her name? You usually like <laughs> The beautiful Amanda. Oh, now you can say it because you guys are engaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, thus, voila. Oh, that's I was how, born. how she were created. Yeah. Yeah, I was created, you know, passionately under okay. the tropical sun. Uh-huh. And then, <laughs> so how long did you live there? Only about a year or so. My mom moved back to California with him. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, with, with your with your fa- with my bio- father okay. when he uh, was released from the navy. Oh. Moved in with his parents. Uh, his father was a nutcase, like nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom got in a little inheritance. Her parents were had passed and she got this inheritance and he said can you buy me 
you know, a Ford Mustang. I always really wanted one. And she did. And he drove away in 1969 and never came back. That's a, that was a great Mustang, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That Boss 302. Woo! The Mach, Mach 1 or something. Yeah. So he really, he really he just, history. he really took off with he the car. He took off with the car. And my mom was oh left pregnant again. Oh. And I was like a baby in her arms, yeah. And living with his crazy parents. Mm. So she started working at Ralph's. And dating this um, guy uh, who had, like, Mexican descent, even uh-huh. though he didn't even speak Spanish. He was born here. Yeah. But the, f- the father, the crazy guy, yeah. started calling the Ralphs, saying, I'm going to bomb the store. You know, my grandkids are not going to speak Spanish before English. And he started freaking out, like wow. he's going to bomb the store. <laughs> So, so she was like, oh, my God. My mom, we just started moving and living in weird, squalid, like, apartments. And Did she still continue working at Ralph's? Oh, she worked there for 35 years. Oh. Wow. That's a long That's a long career. <laughs> she worked there for 35 years, cool. and she got a pension and health care. And Heck yeah. She is styling. They used to take care of their people. Yeah. 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 She's been retired for 20 years now. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. so cool. She retired early. Cool. So, yeah. so 35 years. Well, okay. So what happens after you guys start moving around and yeah. And then she ends up uh, marrying him. Oh, that, uh, the bad guy. guy. I mean, no, 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 the, no, no, the bad guy was your, was your grandfather <laughs> yeah. or, or yeah, he was your grandfather. Yeah, he was my grandfather. Yeah. He was a no. nutcase. Yeah. yeah. No, but you, you, he, you, she marries the guy that he's all mad about. Exactly. Exactly. So the nice thing is he had a mother named Virginia Melendez who took care of me with her whole heart and soul. I'll never forget her bony fingers and her long nails. And (laughs) and it sounds scary, though. No, but she was just old. And she was like this Mexican lady who called me sweet names in Spanish and used to wash me in the kitchen sink and make homemade tortillas and fling them like Frisbees across the kitchen to the the dining room table. And I'd put butter and sugar on them and eat them fresh off that griddle, you know. And it was like... She made me feel so loved, pat me in baby powder, like, till I was, like, puffing out like <laughs> yeah. a ghost, you know. But she took care of me. You so, know, I don't remember my mom and my stepdad. I was in her house all the time. How long How long did uh, was, was you, were you around her? I lived with her yeah. uh, for a few years, at least until, like, first grade or something. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. so you're, like, maybe six years old, seven mm-hmm. years old, something like that? Yeah. Then what happened? Uh, they split up, and uh, and my mom moved out on her own. Um, luckily, back in like nineteen seventy, did he turn out to be a good guy? Eh. <laughs> okay. Eh. Yeah. He liked the Budweiser. Oh, okay. So he, he was. He maybe. would throw plates across the the room and oh. smash them on the wall, and he used to make me feel really bad really? inside. Yeah, he used to tell me mean things. Just mean things. So sad. I don't know why people turn to children and tell them things like, you're never going to amount to anything. Your dreams are shit. You're this, you're that, all these bad things. They're talking. I'm like, I just devastated. I didn't know because I thought he was my father. I didn't know any different. So I thought, 
why doesn't he love me? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. sad. Yeah. It, was, it was hard. Yeah, I, th- I think those people that do that are talking to themselves. Yes. They see, they mm-hmm. see themselves as a small child and what I they agree. become, and they're just like, oh, I hate you, but mm-hmm. they hate you know, themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I see but, that but now. You, I see yeah, that now. Yeah, of course you do, but yeah, then you're a kid. All you see is this person that yeah. you're supposed to love, and yeah. they're supposed to love you is just like treating you like yeah. that's horrible. So you go on, you go on, they split up, you go on to, um, you, you, you go on on your own, you guys. Yeah, she. And you have she, a sister, you said. I have a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she moved. My mom was able to secure a home uh, with a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. A, a long like time a, ago. it was under twenty thousand dollars. This house, mm-hmm. a house, a two right. bedroom house. Yeah. In. The valley, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like yeah. the lowlands of Encino, like right. on your way to Reseda kind of area. Right, yeah. right. And she still lives in that house today, and it's worth like eight hundred something yeah. thousand yeah. dollars. At least, and she yeah. yeah. <laughs> Under twenty. Oh my god! <laughs> so she bought a house, you know. And wow. She raised me and my my sister there. Must have been in the seventies, right? Early seventies. It was or a something? very early seventies. Yeah. yeah how was the um, how was elementary school? Oh, fine, fine. I remember. Uh, Winning a a trip to see King Tut's tomb oh. tour when yeah. I won an essay contest and oh. I felt really proud of myself. Oh, that that started your <laughs> your writing career. Started huh? my writing career. I was like, right. oh, God. And I was the youngest one to win. So I was in fourth grade, and all the sixth graders had won, but I was the only fourth grader. Wow, oh. so I felt cool. really proud. There was. Um, like chorus how- and Debbie Boone singing "You Light Up My Life." Oh. I mean, things I remember from elementary school. It was the seventies, so it was just kind of not really hard on the academics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was. Did you did you like get along with people? Was it was socially? Were you like awkward? Were you normal? Were you like popular? Were you? How were you? I was part of the Pinky Descadero Club. Mm. Oh, so you were kind of cool. We wore pink of some kind, a little yeah. smidgen of it every day. I had one really good best friend. We listened to a lot of Saturday Night Live. I mean, Saturday Night. Um, yeah, we did watch Saturday Night Live. Live. We used to sneak and watch it in the hall. But um, Saturday Night Fever, oh, yeah. Grease, all these kinds of like soundtracks like yeah. were the were the epitome of our childhood we'd sing and dance in the mirror and take turns being the boy being the girl that's cute so your mom was once she secured the house it was just the three of you yeah just the three of us oh that's cool and my best friend would come over a lot and how long how long how did the rest of your childhood was like that or did she end up with anybody else later when i was moving out uh in high school Mm -hmm. 17 and a half i moved out and and the love of her life moved in so she finally did find someone after raising me and my sister by herself in high school did you do any drugs or did you oh that started in junior high school okay oh how was junior high junior Junior high school i started getting in a lot of trouble seventh seventh grade right yeah i did i didn't know about you know Drugs and drinking in elementary, but as soon as I hit seventh grade, which was, you know, middle school, man, mm-hmm. that's when the kids were pulling pills out of their parents' closets, pulling yeah. the weed into school, bringing alcohol. I mean, like people, kids were just bringing it. Once I got my taste of it, yeah. Once I was like, "Woo, I like that feeling." I mean, we're playing with each other's hair and class, laughing our asses off, melting onto the floor oh, yeah. I in classrooms, yeah. like all just high out of our brains and melting, you know. But you're you seem to be doing okay in school still. I don't know how I graduated because 
I, w- I think I was high on something practically every single day from 7th to 12th grade. Yeah. And I just scoot, skated on by, you know, yeah. I skated on by school. You just I showed graduated. Up. I showed yeah. up. When I showed up, I yeah. ditched a lot, hung out at the tracks, the railroad tracks or the beach or the Where park. Yeah. Right on. Wherever. Steal alcohol, beg for alcohol, mm. gather change. Will you buy us some alcohol? Yeah. So you graduate, and did you go to college after? What did you do after you graduated? No, I did not go to college. I started, I moved out to the, from the valley, I moved into the city, lived in Hollywood, worked in restaurants, Mm -hmm. um, waitressing, and then working in clubs at night, Mm -hmm. doing a lot of like go-go dancing type Uh of stuff, because... The 80s, this is the 80s now, we're not in the 70s anymore, we're in the 80s. Right. And the the clubs were jamming. Yeah, they were. The clubs were amazing in Los Angeles. Yeah. So everywhere you go, I mean, mean, even before I moved out, there were underage clubs where you Mm -hmm. could go. They didn't sell alcohol. You could bring anything you wanted there. Mm -hmm. Yep. But Coke was everywhere. It was free flowing, you know. Yeah. But there were clubs for kids in junior high and high school to go dancing all night long, you know. Yeah. There was. uh, was, They were all over the place. My friends and I used to go to one in Glendale called Network. And it was like, it was the happening place for many years. And then. You know, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on in those places. Yeah, a lot of dance clubs, a lot yeah. of dance clubs. So I lived in dance clubs. Right. So up until that time, did you have any consequences with your using or drinking? Consequences? Um, probably a lot of stuff happened I don't remember. Uh-huh. I mm-hmm. woke up a lot of places. I didn't know where I was. Mm-hmm. Got in a lot of cars, went places, ended up with people... I could have been in a lot more dangerous consequences. I yeah. think I had an angel on my shoulder <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. things, bad things, much more bad things should have happened uh-huh. right. during that time period. There's plenty of bad stuff that happened later on in life. So right. Okay, right. so let's get yeah, to no. that. So. Yeah, like, I, There's I, plenty of room for bad as well as good throughout yeah. my life. It's, it happened. Yeah, at some point all that all that stuff is like i i look back at that and i'm sure we all do look mm-hmm. back and go how did i not get killed or raped mm-hmm. or robbed or all the all the above i you used know? to hitchhike from the valley you know in high school or even junior high hitchhike into inglewood to go to the forum to a concert and hitchhike home you know that's yeah, crazy Crazy. In the middle of the night, like as a young kid, just high out of my mind, you know? It's so nuts. <laughs> Anything wow. could have happened. Yeah. I know, totally. Anything. Totally. So, okay, so what happens after like, in yeah. your... So next phase. Next phase. So in your... I elope at 19. There you oh. go. I know her story, so I get like to get to <laughs> You're just I like, elope. Yeah. I'm anticipating this. I elope at Continue. 19, and, um, and yeah, he's an Italian, brilliant musician, Italian. self-proclaimed genius, so he's oh, like, okay. he's... God's gift to the world. So I'm like, oh my God, you're so amazing. And he introduced me to like more drugs. So, you know, it went from, you know, pills and and weed and alcohol and acid and coke and stuff like that. Now with him, heroin, you know. (laughs) So he's like, oh, you got to do heroin with me. It's the best, you know. Wow. So it's like things just kind of kept going. And when you're high on heroin, you know, like, 
it's you could i always say i've talked to people that are just like <laughs> they're like you could be in the bottom of of a <laughs> of a, a dumpster and you're like i'm fine this is fine yeah, as long yeah, as the key, heroin okay, keeps yeah. coming it's everything's okay exactly so i kept that frame of mind like no matter what shit we have gotten ourselves into it's all fine and you're amazing and you're the yeah. best like person that i've ever met you're there's my it's dream like come true you're my you know it's, it's like, like a trance or a like uh, yeah trance some, some kind yeah. of i lived like, in a trance for delusion. a few years a total that's crazy delusional trance so you're you're going around the country or around the world with them yeah we went all over the world we traveled as uh street musicians basically oh okay. we did a lot of performing um, Do you play an instrument? I sang and danced. I used okay. to be a really good dancer when I was oh. young. And um, he played guitar and sang. And we would play anywhere. We would play in in the cities, mm-hmm. in you know c- cathedral squares, mm-hmm. and it echo. And we people you know give us enough money that live on that day. We'd buy beers and tacos and cigarettes and. Were you guys like Some homeless? Oh, we were totally homeless. Total we're homeless, vagabonds. total vagabond, homeless, like street urchins for years, traveling from all across the United States, across Europe, Asia, Japan, Africa, Mexico, Central America. We went all over the place. But you guys would like stay in hotels though? No, never. So you would sleep we would on trade, the streets. We'd we'd trade music uh, for shelter and oh, okay. food. Like we'd perform for people. Like uh, we did a lot of traveling in very rural areas, mm-hmm. okay. outside of the cities. Right. So we were in these small villages, and we just play music. Where how are you guys and they'd getting go, your drugs? Come, they give them to us. Uh, okay. They just wanted to be entertained. Right. We entertain yeah. people. Yeah. And they for drugs and shelter. For drugs and shelter. <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you married to this guy? Like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And you guys were just doing that the whole time, the whole four or five years? Pretty much. I mean, there was a time in, like, Tokyo where I did get some commercial work doing um, commercials. You know, they'd see me in the street and go, be in my commercial, you know, and come, 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 come. And I'd do some jazzercising, and they'd give me some cash, and, you know, (laughs) they'd just film me, you know. That's cool. So what? So what happens? What what breaks up this marriage? Is, I mean, it sounds like the perfect marriage. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, other than the fact that he nearly murdered me with a baseball bat oh after God. drinking mes- homemade bootleg mezcal out of plastic baggies Ooh. from the oh the lady who lived on the hill down the street, you know, like Jeez. like we lived on a hill, with, and oh my God, this night, literally. We had drank so many baggies of mezcal, just with a little hole in the corner, like, and he lost it, lost his mind completely, grabbed a baseball bat, started smashing everything in this little hut that we lived in on the side of the hill, and on the side of the hill, Acapulco. Uh And then he turns to me with the bat, raises it, and above my head, and we're standing there naked, and... I see a flash that I'm laying in a pool of blood in this dirt floor. Whoa. 
And I start running for my life, running for my life. And he's chasing me. And I'm running through the back in between shacks and dogs are barking and roosters are crowing. And you can hear people starting to rustle out of their things. And I'm running and running for my life. He looked at me with black eyes like he was going to kill my ass. Mm. Kill me. And so for, no re- for no reason, him? really. It's not like you had attacked him. You were just like... No, I said, I hey, you know that little boy down the street, you know, the... Uh-huh. Let's um, let's buy him a little guitar one day. He he's so interested to learn, <laughs> and he lost his mind. Jeez, he lost his mind. Yeah, it's yeah. like something triggered in him. Like yeah. when he yeah. was a little boy and he wanted a guitar, and he always said, "No, no, no, you yeah. can't have yeah. one." Until he moved out of the house, got his own. Right, his parents were against his, uh, his music. Career. It's just psychological. Yeah, yeah, yes. you know, it's all Stuff. like trauma and re- yeah. and re- yeah. yeah, the triggering. It gets triggered. And- Wow. So, so that so was the end. I survived that. Uh, you would think. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> you know, he didn't remember the next day. I, like, I went and slept in my friend's cave. He lived in a cave. Uh-huh. Honestly, he did. Wow. He was a banana boat guy. Okay. Oh, okay. He lived yeah. in a cave. Cool. Jeez. I went there. I'm bloody from all the, the sticks that are, you know, raw. Yeah, when you're raw running. St- I'm yeah. running naked. Through, naked. Yeah. And so I'm dripping blood all over my uh-huh. body. And I'm going there, help me. And he's. Ayúdame, of course. You yeah. Know, yeah, using my Spanish, but he. So this is in Mexico. In Mexico. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they cleaned me up, and we went back there, and he was passed out on the hammock, and he woke up like, "What happened?" You know. Yeah. He had no clue, so I forgave him. Yeah. Because he didn't remember. So when so what, what happened? Ended up, what ended? <laughs> yeah. You know what? What really ended it was a few countries later after Mexico, we went back to to Italy and then from Italy we went back to London and I was walking down the street and I felt something honestly I think it was divine intervention because I was stuck like glue to that guy Mm -hmm. and he would have sucked me down into oblivion Mm -hmm. if I continued on with him yeah there was something divine about what happened in my mind my heart something happened and we were walking down the street, and suddenly I just had this feeling to turn around, walk the other way. Mind you, we didn't live in a house. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any possessions. Yeah. We had nothing. I just started walking Easiest the opposite direction. I kept walking yeah. and walking, and I never saw him again. And then where did you go? You never saw him again? How? What about divorce and all that stuff? Yeah, um, I, I didn't <laughs> see him all, again yeah. in the street. It was a couple of years later. I had to find him, and I had to like say sign these papers. <laughs> so you did. You did. Oh, okay. Yeah, a few years and what, later. How was I that? Found how was that interaction? It was hard to find him. He wasn't easy to find. I was going to say before yeah. internet, before social media, before so did email. You, and did phones. he? Did he ask you like what the fuck? Um. <clears throat> No, I think he pretty much understood why. Yeah. He knew he was a yeah. piece of shit and right. he treated me like crap. He used to get drunk and throw chairs at me for God's yeah, sake. No, no, I get it. Yeah. I just, I mean, like, because just one day it just happened. It was just like, that would have been, I guess maybe he just figured, oh, I guess you had enough. Yeah, I think yeah. he probably oh, just. Oh, I guess she just woke up. He probably yeah. just said, damn it. You know, he needed me to make the dough because he couldn't street sing by himself yeah. without right, me right. and make nearly as much money i was the the attraction yeah 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 and people could see you so dancing after, they were like oh so he was probably more pissed damn it you know yeah. sure oh. i lost For my money own. maker <laughs> yeah exactly i'm sure that's what happened so after him what happened did you come home 
I did. I um, had a friend from high school call me and say, I want you to be the godmother of my son Zion. And I said, I'm coming home. So I flew back to California and she was raising, uh, she was having her baby in San Diego. Was that the same same girl that you were talking about before that you used to spend a lot of time at your house? No, that was a childhood friend. Oh, okay. We're still friends though. I've been friends with her for 40 something years. Mm. Jeez. Okay. And so you come back, you become a godmother. I become a godmother. And then? And this is in San Diego and I didn't know what to do, but I felt like I needed to find something to cleanse my body. Uh And I was attracted to this yoga school and Mm -hmm. it turned out to be kind of like a yoga cult. (laughs) Bikram yoga? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like cult yoga. Yogi. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, it was like I had this need to want to detox. Was you know, he an attractive I, yogi? I was so the yogi. No, the the guru yeah. was not attractive. Oh, he was like a he was like a he looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy with a long long red beard and mm. a big bun on his head. Uh, he wore like so strange. Yeah, he, he I, you know, I. It was a school though. There was a lot of interesting people. Yeah, all, of course in it and he had this this area downtown san diego that has a world evolution loft so Mm -hmm. we had parties and raves and we had all this stuff going on and then out in the desert there was this retreat center and we would be the staff for retreat centers and we'd be part of the whole program so it was like a lot of fun and and i was actually not doing drugs at that time i actually detoxed from drugs and Oh, was cool. doing what, yoga and doing hot and cold baths and doing all this meditation. Like, alcohol too? You were detoxing? All of it. We didn't oh, do wow. anything like that. We were we were <clears throat> fasting and having mung bean soup and Ooh, making wow. mung bean soup. Yeah, we that were, sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it does sound very cleansing, though. It was very cleansing, and yeah. it was really fun because we were all nudists and we just run around the. the Desert naked and oh. and jump from icy baths to hot baths. I like that. I, I, was, was, I did that. Oh, I, like I did that those. over at yeah. uh, Glen Ivy yeah, there a few yeah. months ago. That was great. Your body just tingles. Yeah, completely. So it's so weird. You're just like, whoa. Am I gonna have a heart attack? <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> very cool. cool. So, so that was fun, but I didn't know it was a cult yet. No. Oh. And then I started realizing, oh, this guy who's inviting us all to go to Russia with him was showing our pictures of the pretty girls. Mm-hmm. Oh God. To uh, People in Russia. To salespeople. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I got scared and I left the cult. Okay. Oh, okay. And so what, where'd you go after that? I moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. I went to New York City. How old are you at this point? Um, just just approaching 30. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What'd you do there? I worked in... Um, I, was, I was trying to re juvenate my desire for acting mm. and directing i started doing a lot of acting classes because that's what i that's the only thing that saved me in high school was doing theater and i was the lead in all the plays and i was like i want to be an actress right but um young before i had run off and eloped, eloped mm-hmm. i had really met a lot of scumbags and one after the other i was like experiencing some tremendous 
that's the dangerous stuff that happened to me was trying to casting get involved. Couch stuff? Casting couch shit. Yeah. yeah. But it was real. It was like you, I got totally drugged, raped, videotaped, and all mm-hmm. kinds of shit. Yeah, those Jesus. are real. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the casting couch, I mean, there's a reason why that, that term exists. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because it went on for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's horrible. So I really put a stain on my, you know, and I ran away and I ran away with some, you know, jerk to yeah. travel the world. But the same time I, I still had a desire i wanted to pursue that it was something that made me feel alive being on stage and, yeah. and dramatic arts i loved really, it yeah. i loved it yeah. so i tried to do that again in new york but um the drugs and the drinking started up again yeah oh, okay pretty heavy duty i was partying every night mm-hmm. and um it really took precedence precedence it took precedence Got it. Got to the point where I was just sleeping around a lot. No, re- I mean, would you have any real relationships? <laughs> Not at this time. This time, I was just being incredibly promiscuous and being very experimental and getting drunk and high all the time and living in a, you know working just enough to pay my expensive rent in New York, but it was still the 90s, so it wasn't like it is now. Yeah, yeah. but it was, it was still, still expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah. It was still expensive. Yeah. I know. But but to tell you the truth, the what ended up happening is I was in total denial about the pain I was holding inside. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, and that pain reared its ugly head. And one day I woke up feeling like this is, this is enough. I, this is, this is enough. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really process it. I just was in some kind of trance. It was. It felt very trance-like. Yeah. And I went and bought a whole hell of a lot of sleeping pills. And I went to Thompson Square Park and I drank and I swallowed 106 sleeping pills. Wow. And where did you end up after that? So long. Bellevue Hospital. Okay. For like three weeks. Mm. Wow. And you know, I had just had an abortion. I was playing a suicidal character in a play. Mm-hmm. I was like doing these channelings in my apartment building, you know, with this woman who was like this mystic. Medium, oh, okay. All this weird stuff was going on. But, yeah. But something just led me Negative. to do that. And it was just, not, I was not, <laughs> I was not in a spiritually sound space. No, it yeah. doesn't sound like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely so. not. So... So you're you're in New York for how long at this point? I was in New York for a few years, and it was just after 1999. Oh. And what happened after that? Um, after Bellevue, my mom came from L.A. to take me home. Okay. So you came back to L.A. Oh. And they diagnosed me at that time as bipolar. Okay. Hmm. So. Did you believe them? I didn't know. What, what to think? Did you know what bipolar? It was back was? in you know it was what twenty two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was as well known or as yeah, accepted or true. as yeah you know as it is today. Yeah, um, which is it's still a mystery, but yeah, people are more aware. Uh, aware. Type um, type one or type two? I don't know. Oh. Um, I'm not sure, um, but. The medication they had given me at the time was so gnarly, mm-hmm. I couldn't. Oh. So I, I didn't con- just start taking the medication and stuck with it all these years. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, this, I can't do this. And I just started self-medicating when I got to L.A. So uh. I was 
trying new things like, oh, let's, uh, what's, what's this powder? What's that powder? You know, trying, right. trying more, you know, whatever was in front of my face. If yeah, it was meth, yeah. I'd do it. If it was whatever, I was just, yeah, I was just, just on the scene again. Right. I was just on the scene self, self-medicating, as yeah. they say. To So how long, how long does this go on? Um, I don't know. Where are we? <laughs> we're, in, we're, we're, we're in the 2000s. Yeah. We're in the 2000s. So, you so the home. 2000s go by. Um, I mean, eventually, I, I, um, I mean, I guess I started slowing down when I started going to college. Mm-hmm. I, was, I did a community college thing, and I got really into my brain and developing it. Okay. I got into the idea that maybe I'm not as dumb as my dad said I was. Okay. Mm. Maybe I'm not stupid like he said I was. Maybe I'm I started getting straight A's. Okay. Right. I started getting like scholarships and I started getting I was on the dean's list dean yeah. over and over and over <laughs> and and I was and I started building some kind of confidence Good. you know I yeah. never had before. And um and it was the start of me thinking differently about right. who I was, who I am. And it didn't entirely last because, you know, I remember moving to Texas at some point to Austin, living on this lake and drinking my ass off every day with these people, these alcoholics living on this lake, on the boats, right. like just drinking <laughs> all day long, That's all night long, yeah. just hanging out on the lake. Because my friend was like, live in my house. Um, I need someone to oversee the construction and the paint, choose some paint colors and live there. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love her because she's yeah. always like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. You know, whatever Sounds comes, cool. You know, okay, sir, yeah. so you're So you're going there. You're living in Austin now for a while. Mm-hmm. And then and then what, what takes you out of Austin? And where do you go? Um, we... Uh, <laughs> I guess I will. I ended up becoming like this. I was so distraught with my drinking because yeah. I was so, so overwhelmed with drinking at that point. Yeah. Drinking overtook everything. The drugs weren't even part of it. I was drinking so much. One day I just prayed for no reason. And I got a knock on my door. And this girl that used to be on the boats with me, lifting her shirts up and, yeah. you know, partying on the boats, knocks on my door and she goes, I was on my way to church and something told me to come to your house and ask you if you wanted to join me. And I was like, whoa, really? So I went to church with her. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was still hungover. I went to church with her and I started crying my eyes out in this church and went up to the pastor after, like, mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> you know, I saw the last temptation of Christ just the other night. And what happens at the end? <laughs> you know, then what? <laughs> you know, the end was like the rock moved. And then what? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, my God. And, you uh, had no idea. Yeah, I just didn't oh, really okay. have a clue. I wasn't raised with religion. Right, right, right. 
And so then he was like, come here. So I got really involved with this church, and mm-hmm. I started going to a seminary and studying the Bible, and I went to Israel. <laughs> you went to seminary? Yeah, I went to what? seminary. Interesting. I went to Israel with my professors, and we went to all these archaeological digs and so sites cool. and all these places. It was really amazing. And then when I come back from Israel, I was, you know, this is part of the manic part of me. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. I was totally manic. And I said, I am going to go back to the Middle East as a nurse in the army. And I'm going to find out what's going on, really going on. <laughs> right. This was right after Desert Storm. Yeah. Oh, this is right after all so that. This, this is yeah. 2006. Okay. Oh, so this is actually after 2001, after the, yeah. the attacks. Okay. Yeah. So 2006, I joined the army right. to become a nurse. Wow. Okay. And how'd that go? Hmm? Um, it was, I mean, I kicked ass in boot camp. Yeah. I was 38 years old and I was in there with people 20 years younger than me yeah, who couldn't yeah. keep up on the track field. I was going to say you were in your 30s. Course. I was yeah. 38. That's like the pretty much the 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 the, the, the limit, cutoff, right? The cutoff, yeah. It's like around thirty eight. Yeah, it's the cutoff. It is the cutoff. I it thought is so. The yeah. I was like yeah. right at the. So I mean, I was panicking inside. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and I just did it anyway. I, I mean, it was a scary, scary thing to do because I'm I'm very much a pacifist, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when it came to like wrestling to the death, my other, you know, sol- fellow soldiers, uh-huh. you know. I won every fight, man. Yeah. I had so much like rage from the past, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that when it came time to fight, I, I could fight. Released. That's great. I could fight. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so you, what happened to your little army career? Right My now? little army career came to a close on graduation night when after like many months of no booze, uh-huh. I get a taste. And there you go. I get a taste. Oh. And oh my God, it was on. I got so wasted. And I was driving into base, blasting my music, yelling out the window to the you know guards at the yeah. base. Let me in. I'm going on and on about whatever. And they go, really? Uh, pull over. You know, like, mm-hmm. just like. Open your. You know, I was in a fancy dress from the graduation. It was like you know I got yeah. to dress in a in a dress after mm-hmm. being in mm-hmm. uniform for, for like months and yeah. months. Mm-hmm. My hair is had makeup on. Everything was like I was styling mm-hmm. and drunk as hell. They put me in military jail. They put me in a holding thing. Then I got like assaulted by a superior officer during this whole holding thing. I make a complaint. All this stuff. So I'm I'm just being held. Kind of like a prisoner mm-hmm. yeah. in the army. Okay. Oof. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to proceed. Right. You know, like I was stuck. So I called these rights lawyers and stuff, and they finally said, the only way to get out of this situation is to go AWOL. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And turn yourself into another, ba- another um, base. Yeah. Um, and I did. And I turned myself in after 30 days. You had to be out 30 days to be released from that company you're in because that oh. company owns your ass. Oh. They, like, own you mm. until – so once you're gone AWOL for 30 days, you're released from them. Okay. I was kind of like a free agent. 
Right. And then I turned myself into Fort Sill. But I went to Cancun on a cruise. <laughs> I did all kinds <laughs> of stuff and I was AWOL. <laughs> so, so then you turn yourself in and what happens? Um, they, I presented my complaint, my inspector general report from the assault, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I yeah. go, hey, it's a wash. You know, we'll just, if you just want to come back in and go to nursing school, that's fine. I said, you know what? Not really, because while I was AWOL, I met this really hot guy. Oh, okay. And I think I might be pregnant. <laughs> All right. Okay, great. So this is when I... Um, decide to just leave all that behind me and they said fine and they let me go stamp signed delivered i'm out free and i had my first baby like nine months later wow wow so what happened how what do you move in with the guy and live a happily ever after not exactly (laughs) um but it was exciting because i had been celibate while i was like that born again christian right then i was in the army so it was like a long stretch you know yeah. so when i saw him on the train i was taking trains and boats i wasn't flying while i was awol right um i had a sleeper car in the train and it was like game on when i right? saw him <laughs> like come on like, the get sleeper. over here let's do anything but sleep in here exactly <laughs> and okay. and man i got pregnant on that train there's no doubt about it wow someone i hardly knew but um, but he ended up being supportive about the pregnancy and mm-hmm. we tried, we yeah. tried for yeah. how long we moved to Philadelphia. My kids were both born there and, um, we lasted two, two and a half years. Okay. Okay. It wasn't that bad, but he was from Louisiana. Oh. He's a Cajun guy. He's a tattoo artist. Mm. He ended up, um kind of just going back to Louisiana so often that eventually he didn't come back. Oh, okay. And I was there with mm. the two babies. Okay. Um, that kind of sounds like the dad thing. Yeah. Kind of sounds like yeah. like a broken record, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what, you're, you just decided to stay in Philly at that point? Yeah, and I'm totally dry because I'm pregnant, yeah. nursing, I'm in uh-huh. Philly. Yeah. And... Still totally oblivious to the fact that I've ever had a drinking or drug problem. I right. had no idea, you know. Yeah. Um, never occurred to me. So I definitely was dry during this time and really loved being a mom. I was in such good shape from the Army. My oh. body was in pristine condition. Right, right. Never been stronger, healthier, anything in my life. So having these babies, I felt like a super mama. I was oh. like... I felt no. like I was made to do to, that. I could have done this 10, 11 times. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not a problem. Yeah. I could, I mean, it was You're like, hey, just, somebody said, yeah. I, I, I was, <laughs> yeah. I felt really powerful. Yeah, it's cool. You know, I didn't have sickness. I didn't have postpartum depression. Like, they nursed so well. They were great babies. They were quiet and happy. And it was beautiful. It was like a beautiful time of my life. But then when he didn't come back, um, the apartment building we were living in was about to be destroyed. Like they were doing some reconstruction, reconstruction like. of the whole old building right, in Philadelphia right. and tearing it down. And I had to move. He didn't leave me any money to move, and I moved into a shelter, me and my kids. Okay. So that happened for like six, seven months living in this okay. shelter, which kind of uh, moved from synagogue to church to church to synagogue and moved yeah. around the city, this small group of families Mm -hmm. and thank god for them there was a great organization they were very it was very very 
life's like yeah life-saving for me at the time but eventually you know you time runs out and I didn't know what to do but I'd sold all my stuff on the street that I had from the apartment and mm-hmm. gathered as much money as I could and and I went down to the Florida Keys and camped on the beach with my kids for how long um for about three months we spent Christmas there and watched Aww. the Santa Claus come off the fishing boat and all the little tiny kids were like getting little presents and wow. it was so cute living in this campground with all the snowbirds from the north living in Florida yeah, yeah. Florida Keys and it was like a sweet sweet Christmas where'd you guys move to after that well how are you making money how'd you even yeah. stay there um, because I sold everything oh, oh, I had. Okay. I see. I sold everything from my apartment. Right. I sold everything I had. Okay. I made money when I was in the army. You know, it's like you make a check. Yeah. But you don't have to spend it. You know, right, because, yeah, everything's save, taken care of. Yeah. You just save it up. So I had money saved up. Okay. So so yeah, you, you're you're doing that. You stay on the beach for three months. Then where 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 do you end up then? And then I came back to L.A. Okay. Right. I went to live with my mom for a while. Raised the kids there, and then I started getting really into pot. Man. Oh, okay, here it yeah. goes. I mean, I used to just like smoke pot here and there throughout yeah. my life, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I came back to LA this time, mm-hmm. while my kids were like toddlers, and I'm trying to finish out my college, yeah, and starting ending graduate school. The pot got so bad and so obsessive, I couldn't even finish graduate school because mm-hmm. I was obsessed with smoking pot when i woke up all day long all night wake up in the middle of the night just to keep it going i yeah. had to keep that high going all yeah, like the this time. obsession going total yeah. obsession yeah it's totally obsessed with pot and that how it lasted for like a good five six years and then what happened obsession i got involved in a relationship moved in with him he had three kids they were a little older we lived together for a while we opened a cafe I ran a cafe that I used, it was like a one-woman show where you cooked and did everything. I made a mirror on the wall. I was, it was this little itty-bitty cafe. Yeah. It was my spot. I had, I had my little business. Yeah. But I was high the whole time. Oh, you're still smoking. The whole damn time. Okay, yeah. so tell us about the last year of your, you know, um, 2020. Well, luckily... I got sober the day before I sold the cafe because COVID hit, cafe got shut down. Mm-hmm. I had to find a way to sell it, all this stuff. Right. Finally sell it the day after I found 7 a.m. sunup AA meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. And, man, I just finally, 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 after literally just reaching to the air outside the backyard like i can't keep doing this i keep saying this is my last eighth this is my last this this is my last this and it's never the last it's just a never ending cycle i have to end the cycle Mm -hmm. and it's just is that is what finally overwhelmed me so much that whole feeling and need to stop this craziness just was it was a it was a final surrender i mean right the final desperation the final surrender finally happened right. at 53 years old great wow and so then how would you find the meeting i just Google. asked god what do i do what do i do and it was early in the morning everyone in the house was still sleeping 
and I Googled AA meetings mm-hmm. and the website came up and I looked at daily meetings and it was right on the top of the scroll. Los Angeles, there's a million meetings, mm-hmm. but sun up sounded good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sun up. And the sun was rising. It was six in the morning. It was just the right time. Cool. So you got on there and that's that's basically you heard the message of recovery? I heard the message of recovery. I heard the message of recovery. I just felt like this was a safe place for me to be honest for myself to be honest with myself for the first time. Right. Because that was the platform that it was it was a space of safety and honesty. Right. And I finally faced the music like and admitted and got humble and admitted that I had a problem. So After like all these years, well, how, how did, um, how did you, were you still with, were you still with your yeah. partner at the time? Yeah, it was honestly a pretty toxic relationship. I wasn't really in it for the right, right reasons. reasons. I don't think he was either. It just wasn't exactly, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't, wasn't right. And yeah. I wasn't right in that. It wasn't like love. It was just convenience or something. You know? Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I wanted it to be love. I loved him the best I could, but yeah. I couldn't even love myself, yeah. for exactly. God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, nothing was right about it because yeah. I wasn't right with myself. So smart, though. Like, that's mm-hmm. so true. Like, I mean, now, later, you can you can look at that and go, yeah, like, I couldn't even love myself. How could I love somebody else? Yeah. And it's not until you, mm-hmm. get, you know, start working on yourself and you mm-hmm. get that healing to where you can be, like, you can really like open up a whole different channel that maybe you never even had before. So, oh, totally. So, know. how goes your um your intro to into recovery? Like, how are your first couple months? First couple months, I'm facing a lot of fear. I'm going through the first. I'm starting the steps right away. I'm getting a sponsor right away. Mm-hmm. I'm reading daily a lot every day. Yeah, you know, a lot. And I jumped into this program. I dove in, and I needed it enough time had passed. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't need to like think about this. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of person I was my whole life. Anyway, yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm yeah, in. You're like a Whatever's going on, I'm in. in. Oh. You know, right, right. so this and, but this is the real deal. This is, yeah. this is something that I'm in, happy to be in forever. Yeah. I love AA. Yeah. I love it. And the yeah, I don't know. Uh, just my experience, a lot of experience I've seen with other people has been like the further you get in, the further you learn about yourself, the more yeah. like the more passionate you can get about it. Yeah, I mean because people are like, oh, these fucking A people, but you know, it, and it's like well, the thing with it is, is true. It's just like because there's so you learn so much about yourself, yeah. you, you start like I don't know. I feel like you're living life on a different plane, yeah, like you know, totally rocketed. I mean, here I was so afraid because I was living in his house. Mm-hmm. You know, he was successful, a successful music producer. He had a lot of money. It was I was living in his house. I was like the cook. I would cook everything, and and and. I was didn't have the idea that I could take care of myself and my two girls on my own in mm-hmm. this big city. Mm-hmm. It was impossible. This word impossible yeah. actually plagued my brain. Oh, like, I don't even know like, what that means. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I have I had to like do some mental surgery and pull that word out of my brain and yeah. burn it in the fire yeah. and say, No, yeah. that's not impossible. Yeah. Take the leap. And go for it. And you know what? I've been on my own with my kids since yes, May. Yes. Wow. We moved out in May. And 
So it's going to come up a year in a few months that I've been taking care of them on my own at a job I respect at where I respect my employer. She respects me. We value each other. It's above board. I'm not, I'm not doing anything, um, where shady or something. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I always, I used to always find the easy way out or never, never wanting to really be at work, just trying to be there to get the money and then go do something else that I really wanted to do. Like get fucked up, you know, but I like being there and I do my best while I'm there. I'm the best person I can be there, here and everywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to not be somewhere to be somewhere else or be someone else or any of that shit anymore. Well put. I've seen such a big transformation in you in the last year because I've been able to be on this journey with you. And it was like from fears to faith to um, just like, like the struggles in the beginning and the doubt of like, where am I going to live and my kids and can I even do this to like now you're in full-blown gratitude like you have a most beautiful gratitude um you know share on our on our gratitude list that we have in the morning I love the gratitude list the whole perception (laughs) your mentality like the outlook of that you have in life is now totally different from what it was before. And it, you're getting stronger and stronger every day. And I love seeing that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say hallelujah because it is because every day I wake up very early, I watch the sun rise, and I praise God every single morning that I'm alive, that I'm free from the obsession, that I'm free to be me, that I'm free to live in God's will, mm-hmm. that I'm free to... Uh, accept to forgive to be at peace to have peace in my heart i mean i've i've i went to school for writing i went to school Mm -hmm. to be a creative writer and i'm finally finding my voice i feel like it's just coming like i feel like i'm finally in walking in the footsteps that that i was always meant to walk, I'm walking wow. the walk I always was mm-hmm. dreamed of, yeah. meant to do. Um, it's just it's all because I I'm sober. I am free yeah. from from the delusion, free from the lying. I used I was a compulsive liar yeah. to myself yeah. and everyone else. Yeah. It's like living in honesty is so much freedom. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's you are. True. You create. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to mention that I do know that you do sponsor women. Yeah. Talk about a little bit about that. I do sponsor women. It was early <laughs> on. I um, have uh I have Do you have a sponsor? Oh, you're my sponsor, baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, man. do you have one? I have a sponsor and a grand sponsor and sisters and sobriety and we have a very strong, strong, Super loving, strong. amazing group. And you have a lot of, of sponsors, sponsees. I mean, how many do you have? I have right I have a few. I have one, the first one is going strong. Good. I have another one who is kind of lingering. I have another one who's barely got started. Yeah. And one I bought some books for, and she's like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm too, she's not ready. They come in all stages. They come in all stages. So I've kind oh. of have four, but really just three now, yeah, I guess. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But in your first year, like, that is crazy. Yeah, that yeah. is. That that's is how crazy. you know, like, you're such an attraction 
that we see so much promises going in your life, like happening in your life, that people get so attracted to see what what is it that you're doing. And, you know, that's beautiful. I'm sure you're going to have many more. <laughs> and I'll yeah, get, I'll be waiting for those yeah. calls. You're going to hit her with your question now? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay. What? My question I always ask everybody here is, mm-hmm. um, what would you say to the newcomer that's barely, you know, under 30 days and they're struggling? Mm. Like, what would you, what advice would you give? Trust the, hopefully you have a sponsor, trust your sponsor, trust the wisdom that is available to you, find it in your heart to trust something you you might not even totally believe in yet, but if you can find a way to trust in a higher power, That's, yeah. it um, it takes it takes something greater than yourself to to realize how great you are within. Yeah, beautiful. I love yeah, that. Thank perfect. you so much. Oh, and then mine. If you have a quick one here, because we're <laughs> yeah, we're running low, low on time. Uh, you got you got one specific moment that was like a spiritual experience for you in sobriety. Yeah. yeah. I'd you know I really feel like it's when I surrendered the second time when I gave up cigarettes. Oh mm, yeah. Oh. Cigarettes were still kind of kind of plaguing me. Yeah. In yeah. sobriety. Mm-hmm. And it was like another level of surrender Wow! that I experienced that it, it felt like the last straw. It was, it was something I was still hanging on to, and it was destructive. It was something I was hiding all the time from my kids, yeah. lying about. Yeah. It was, I was still had some Somewhere. kind of obsession there in sobriety I couldn't of. let go of. And yeah. when... That's when, so awesome. when I could finally just surrender again and go, this is this is a forever thing. You're gonna surrender constantly to find more of God in your life. It's oh, funny, beautiful. you know that I got I got sober the first time in my 20s, and I got for a couple of years. And three months into my sobriety, I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day for like o- over 10 years. And uh, three months into my sobriety, that sobriety, I quit smoking, and so I'm still, I still, I never went back to it. But, cool. but I, but I, I know what you mean. Like even then, even though I wasn't working a perfect program, then it was like I felt like this is disgusting. Like, what am I doing to mm-hmm. my body? Why do, why am I hurting myself when I'm trying to get healthy? Mm-hmm. And and I gave it, but not back in those days. I used to smoke in the room, so it was like it was like you had to come in the room with like you know cutting the <laughs> cutting the smoke just to get in. I was like, whoa, shit. Anyway, but it's the power greater than yourself, right? Because yeah. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop freaking smoking. You know? I know. Even, even after it's the same. Co- it's the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. I still have that obsession. Well, takes a power yeah. greater than yourself, man. I used to take Angie's cigarettes away from her. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I'm smoking again, Diva. I take, take my cigarettes. She's like, back. "Damn you, smoking and lighting them up." I know. Yeah, you're gonna have to sponsor her for her cigarette smoking. <laughs> yeah, we'll switch on that. <laughs> Oh, uh, 
thank you so much, Angie, Thanks. for coming on. Oh, I, I love it. I, you, you've been you've been I an inspiration to so many. She's got a great story. Yeah. So many, the, the, all the way to the camping and the Florida Keys. I yeah. love that. Such adventurous life. I know, you've had. right? Everywhere. Anyway. Uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and thank you to our sponsors, Inspector Dre, thank who's you. in the other room waiting to, to record his podcast. Oh, is he? Is he the yeah. one making noise outside? Yes, he is. Oh, okay. And then, what's the other sponsor? You're supposed to say, and then... And then... And then the Duckyard. Duckyard duck Coffee. coffee. <laughs> oh, I blanked out I know for you a second. Did. I saw. I saw. Don't I put like, me on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. Thank you guys for sponsoring Thank us. Thank you. Um, and uh, you can you can reach out to us at Terminally Unique Podcast at gmail.com. You can go to the Facebook page at Terminally Unique Podcast, or you can go mm-hmm. to the Instagram, which is Terminally underscore Unique underscore, underscore. Podcast, mm-hmm. and reach out to us. We love you guys. We love you. We I love, love you. I love you both Thank very you much. Thank you for having me. Okay. All right, everyone. At the same time, one, two, three. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.